Hello, Marvelites. Welcome to Marvel's The Pull List for April 18th, 2018. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M. And I'm Tucker Marcus. Yeah. Milk Boy. It's the milk episode. You said, like, <laughs> you used ud instead of utter yeah. in one of your tweets. Yeah. And that just got me. Yeah, was, this is coming off the devastated. back of a, of a brief t- Twitter exchange, uh, just for some context, where I was just talking about drinking a cow's sweet milk. Some yeah. sweet, sweet, lukewarm, semi-translucent milk. Yep. Straight from the uds. <laughs> Straight from the uds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Have you ever been on a farm? Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm you- from Farmville. Not, not like, the, not the. Is that a town, Farmville? <laughs> like the, I realized that a Facebook game. Yeah, that came, that has a different context uh-huh. uh, in the internet age. But yeah, no, I'm from straight, you know, very extremely rural. Every, you know, every street, every road in my town has a big old cow, horse, pig, something, corn, Ooh, something. Cow, farm. horse, pig. Yeah, cow, horse, pig. Nice. <laughs> You're like an onion, Tucker. The oh, more yeah. we go on, the the layers <laughs> we find, and it's it's delightful. <laughs> Uh, and eventually you'll bring someone to tears, just like an <laughs> onion. All right, but we've got a lot of books this week. If you're just joining us on Marvel's The Polis, we're going to talk about all the new comics out, the print issues, the single issues, collections, the digital stuff. It's a lot, and it's awesome. Uh, yeah. First up is Amazing Spider-Man number 799. 799. It is uh, part three of Go Down Swinging. This is the last arc that Dan Slott will write for Amazing Spider-Man. And there's, I think he's doing 801 as well. Yep. Mm-hmm. But so this is the penultimate part of Go Down Swinging. And, man, it's a good one. It's obviously written by Dan Slott, art by Stuart Immonen, inks by Wade Von Graubadger, and colors by Marte Gracia with letters by Joe Caramagna. And I just, I love that, you know, you've got an injured Spidey here. He is injured. He's made a, a pact with the goblin be like, I'm out. I won't spidey up and jump into the fray. Just keep my loved ones safe. And of course, goblin's got like his loopholes through it and he's got his plans. Uh, and Spider-Man has his loopholes mm-hmm. and he goes through his plans. So we get a lot of cool cameos, which always makes me happy, you know, and it also really spotlights just how strong a supporting cast that Peter slash Spider-Man has. It's a supporting cast that includes headliners you know it's like miles morales silk human torch anti-venom clash it's good to see those characters show up and represent for spike yeah it felt like a really cool look at you know the generational effect and the legacy of spider-man and what he means and they come to help him when you know he needs it most heck yeah dancing around some spoilers here but jonah is a big part of why peter's in the precarious situation that he's in but there's this these couple of panels that stewart draws it's a video chat. Jonah on one side, Peter on the other. And there's this silent panel of Peter's reaction when he hears the news. And it's not just a drawing of someone. It's a drawing of someone seen through a screen on a laptop. And it still conveys so much. And that look of like anger and sadness and disappointment on Peter's face is tremendous. Uh, it's, you know, it's the look, it's the lighting, the tenor of the panel, uh, and super major props to Wade Von Grubadger and Marte Gracia. The inks and the colors there really sell that because it's all the parts are coming together in this story. It's gorgeous stuff, and it's smart storytelling. Big battle, final fight, coming up next issue. I can't wait. I'm obviously dying to know how he wraps things up. Now, I have some theories. I have some theories looking back over this. this. is not privileged knowledge or anything. I just have theories just like any fan would, but cannot wait to find out. It's going to be great. Moving on to another amazing Spider-Man book. This is Amazing Spider-Man Renew Your Vows, number 18. It's written by Jody Hauser with art by Nathan Stockman, 
colors by Ruth Redman, letters by Joe Caramagna. This is part of the Fast Times at Midtown High story, and um, we spoke about the influences of Peter Parker across herodom uh, with Amazing Spider-Man. And this is a different look at that. It's a different take on the same idea. It's about the spider family in a very literal way between MJ and Peter and their daughter Annie Mae. Uh, This issue specifically is a great look at the different ways of heroing and the kind of different methods that Annie Mae might employ versus her parents. She has this, you know, evolved way of thinking about it that's something a little different. It's not quite the way that Peter has done business in the past. And there's a great scene in this issue where MJ and Peter kind of confront Annie Mae and say like, whoa, what is going on? What are you doing here? And she kind of lays out her ideas, lays out her plans. And they're like, okay, you know what? We'll step back. We'll keep an eye on you because we don't necessarily, you know, fully endorse this way of doing things. But it is very much in the spirit of Spider-Man and it works really perfectly. I just felt like this is a great look at the evolution, the generational differences in how one can be a superhero in the Spider-Man vein. And there's some great Normie Osborne stuff in here Mm. as well, which I really loved. We got some really, really great stuff in the first few issues of this series about Normie um, when Annie Mae and Normie were still really young. And now that they're teenagers, it's really interesting to go back and see how they've evolved, to see their relationship and how how really interesting that is. Yeah, those little bits of relationship business, not like romantic relationships, just like they have history together. And there's so much weight to that. I love it. So much potential. All right. We had already one penultimate thing that we've talked about mm. with uh, Amazing Spider-Man. We've got another one. This is Avengers 689, penultimate chapter of Avengers No Surrender. Right off the bat, though, I think it's great that they show the the scale and the scope of the catastrophe. And, like, Earth has been spinning out, and we've been looking at the Avengers for the most part and what how they're dealing with it. And now we get to see the rest of the world, and you see all the heroes – coming up in Champions, America Chavez, The Defenders, Moon Girl, Devil Dinosaur, and and so many more. But like seeing the challenger wipe the floor with everyone Mm -hmm. is awesome. Like that's what I want a giant villain to be like, to feel nearly insurmountable, to be something that is such a threat that all the Avengers combined have a hard time or no shot at beating them. Big star of the book for me is Lightning. He gets to play cards against the Grandmaster. Uh, and the Grandmaster, he's like, yo, bro, you got a game. I'm going to play. I'm like that Saw guy, you know, <laughs> Dr. Saw, the star yes. of the movie, the, the yes. Saw series That's of movies. Right. Dr. Yeah. Saw. Dr. Saw. And they, they play for the fate of everything, not just his life, not just Earth, but like all of it. I really hope we get more lightning coming out of this. We don't have as many rad gay Latino Avengers out there. And he steps up. So cool. The back matter is really cool, too. It's two pages from the creator's point of view, their thoughts about the story, and their favorite moments. I don't know. I'm a big sucker for those like little behind-the-scenes extra bits of content, Yeah, and they've been delivering on these. Speaking of interviews, speaking of No Surrender, up on Marvel.com right now is an awesome interview between Alana Smith, who is going to be editing the upcoming Quicksilver No Surrender book. That's spinning out of the previous issue of this series uh, with... The writer, Saladin Ahmed, and it's so awesome to get their individual takes. They're both Quicksilver nuts. Go check it out now. 
Uh, very exciting. We also, in Avengers books this week, have Avengers Back to Basics number four, written by Peter David, art by Juan and Ramirez, and it's uh, another one of the cool flashbacky VR stories uh, where the Avengers have to face this, this gnarly dude with a cosmic cube. I don't want to say anymore because it's cool and, and I don't want to spoil anything, uh, but it's Comixology exclusive. Check it out there. Don't sleep on these. Comixology books have consistently been really, really good. Always great comics. Next up is Black Panther number 172. It is written by ta Coates with pencils by Leonard Kirk, inks by Mark Deering with Walden Wong, colors by Laura Martin with Matt Mila, and letters by Joe Sabino. Where we left off in the last issue, a new villain popped up, and this issue is all about that new... Listen, I say new villain, yep. new villain for this series. He just came out of seemingly nowhere. Can I jump in real quick? Please. So someone asked us recently who this character was. So this is the adversary. The adversary started out as a sort of X-Men mm-hmm. villain in Fall of the Mutants time period. If you don't want any more spoilers, jump ahead. But the adversary is this big, mystical, interdimensional, demonic entity that is pretty much all about chaos and recreating the universe to his own desires and whims. The Cheyenne Native Americans called him the Great Trickster. Uh, and actually Forge, uh, the X-Man and a member of that tribe, he was trained to battle the adversary. Uh, and they did. They had this amazing battle uh, during Fall of the Mutants. Storm was involved, which comes back into play here. Really cool, like, out of left field, seemingly out of left field pick for Tanahasi and the crew to use in this. And but the way they they like explain how he comes up is like, oh yeah, that makes perfect sense. Great, boom, good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know from a larger series wide perspective, this issue gets at some really awesome relationship stuff, oh boy. some romantic stuff. Uh, we got the smooching. Oh yeah, there's some really good smooching this week. Yeah, uh, this week is excellent for smooching. It's all about the smooches, and Black Panther is right up there with the best of them. Uh, yeah, there's some really, really great stuff dealing with the adversary, how he relates to the Black Panther, how he relates to the Wakandan gods, and then how uh, T'Challa and, you know, a few of his his nearest and dearest deal with that and then, uh, you know, find themselves closer to each other in the uh, aftermath. Yeah. All right, on to Cable, uh, number 156. This one actually puts us back in their history, but in the future, so it's back in the past future history to, I don't know, when when Hope was like seven years old. Hope and Cable were jumping through time, trying to escape Bishop, who was, let's be honest, a little bit deranged at the point. He thought <laughs> all his evidence had led him to believe that Hope was going to be the end of everything. And he was trying to stop the end of everything by killing Hope. Not good, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you get what's going on. It's just really great storyline. It ties into old X-Force and Cable stories. I dug the crap out of it. It is written by Lonnie Nadler and Zach Thompson with art by Herman Peralta and Jesus Albertov. Uh, letters by Travis Lanham. So there's also lots of good dad and daughter talk in mm-hmm. here uh, that is just adorable. And some of it, you can see Cable's getting a little like frustrated but that's just the way it goes. Kids, they talk a lot. <laughs> this this issue and the first two issues of Zach and Lonnie's run so far have reminded me of Cormac McCarthy's The Road mm. um, because there's this kind of world-weary adult kind of leading the way, trying to s- keep this child safe, but there's still so much in their relationship uh, with trying to preserve 
all that this child stands for. Next is Daredevil number 601. We're breaking off a new 600. Uh, it's the it's the <laughs> second. Is that the, is that the this, phrase that the kids are saying? Yeah, Breaking off a new 600. Burr, burr, burr. <laughs> this is written by Charles Soule with art by the wonderful Mike Henderson, colors by Matt Mila, letters by Clayton Cowles, Wilson Fisk. Don't know what his uh, destiny, uh, you know, has in store. I don't know. Dude got Sem- plugged full of arrows. He did. From ninjas. Look, he did. That's a bad scene. <laughs> it's not great. What I loved so much about the lead up to 600 was positioning Matt Murdock in the mayor's office, putting him so close to Wilson Fisk, putting him so close to the head of power of New York City, of Matt's city. And now we just escalate it the logical next step further. And Matt Murdock is the acting mayor of New York. There's a wonderful, perfect quote that really encapsulates in five words the kind of just immense feeling and emotion and craziness that Matt Murdock here is feeling as he's reeling from the events of the last issue where he just says, my city is my city. You know, he's looking at it in a completely different way now. It feels so right because it feels so not right mm-hmm. in the in the perfect way to have this vigilante in this suit of power like that. It's just awesome. Yeah, everything about it. I'm really into it. Very excited that Mike's doing more for us. Up next is Incredible Hulk number 715. This is the jam. If you like those psychological things, so much of Amadeus battling the Hulk within his brain to try to wrest control. And, you know, the Hulk side of things is still a very clever, very scary Mm -hmm. Hulk. He's very smart. It's a smart Hulk, but he doesn't have the same morals and compassion that Amadeus does. And that's, it's leading to some dangerous territory. You obviously can tell writer Greg Pak is having a blast with the book. It's penciled by Carlo Barberi, inks by Walden Wan, colors by Frank D'Armada, letters by Corey Petit. Next issue, I think we're going to get into the bigger, battlier, World War Hulkier parts of it as as the heroes come to say, whoa, slow your roll, boy. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of heroes doing their best to say slow your roll, but that's not nearly enough to contain the situation in the crazy cosmic madness that is Infinity Countdown number two, uh, which is written by Jerry Duggan uh, with pencils by Aaron Cooter and Mike Hawthorne with inks by Aaron Cooter and Terry Pallet. Colors by Jordi Belair and letters by Corey Petit. This is one of my picks. Oh, yeah. Look, I'll just say. No, you say what you want. craziness, insane, cosmic, technicolor. The scale is so huge in this book, as you would expect. I do want to mention that in the back of this issue, there is a really nice rundown to see where we're at in the overall Infinity Countdown storyline. So good. Heck yeah. So we'll talk about that more on This Week in Marvel later this week. But man, great ass book. Also a great ass book is Iron Fist number 80. Uh, there's a crew in this issue, this crew of like evil monsters, 12 of them that go up to fight our heroes. And they're called the Legion of Vengeance, which great name. Surprised that that's not been used before. <laughs> I want more of it. Each of them has unique looks. Like there's this spiky monkey looking guy or uh, the big rock dude, the one who looks like Baphomet. Love the crap out of it. And I was reading the back matter. Again, love me some good back matter in a comic. And it said that writer Ed Brisson and Damien have done about 500 or more pages together uh, because they worked on a lot of series together, create their own books, whatever, previous to this. So 
that's why this book feels so good, so natural, because the writer and the artist are just working hand in hand really well. It's colored by Andy Troy, letters by Travis Lanham. Uh, and the covers to this run have been really good. I just want to give a shout out to Jeff DeCal. This, unfortunately, is the end of uh, this current Iron Fist series. And it ends really well, though. Big feel, you know, you got this battle royale. Uh, throw down of five heroes versus 12 villains. You got one big heroic sacrifice. Two, count of two characters returned to life. One demon about to be tortured. Uh, and a heck of a fun Iron Fist story. Beautiful art, too. We talked about smooching earlier. Oh, we did. Wow. Do we have some good stuff? Whoa, Tucker, hold up a second. This is another one of my picks of the week. Oh, yeah. This is a worthy choice. It was one of my picks as well. It is, of course, written by G. Willow Wilson with art by Nico Leon, colors by Ian Herring, and letters by Joe Caramagna. This issue is Ms. Marvel number 29, Con You Feel the Love Tonight. Pun of the week. Easy, easy pun of the week. There's a really, really wonderful cover, which I love. And of course, it's by Valerio Schiti and Rochelle Rosenberg, two all-stars. But this is a love issue in more ways than one. We talked about the smooching, sure. But it is, it's a study of, of love on a familial level, on a friendship level, a community level, in a religious sense. It is a really, really great look at what really motivates Kamala Khan in so many different ways. You know, Ms. Marvel, of course, is one of my favorite series, and it's for reasons like this. You know, it really explores some intimate, really beautiful, subtly told stories by G. Willow, of course, edited by Sana Aminat. I mean, it's a great issue. Yeah. I don't want to say too much because I don't want to get yelled at again by Sana <laughs> I saw that. and G. Willow Wilson. <laughs> yeah. Look, I read it and I loved it. I loved it. So I tweeted to them. I was like, the smooching issue, whatever I said, yeah, yeah. it was so good. And they're both like, oh, my God, shut up, Ryan. <laughs> and so I was like, what? I didn't realize it was a secret. Yeah. I can't know everything is a secret. <laughs> uh, so I will say nothing more because it does have one of my favorite panels. And I don't want to dig too much into it until uh, this week in Marvel. Uh, we're leaving it at that. And also, this does get one of my covers of the week. This one is by Valerio Schiti and Rochelle Rosenberg, a very Archie Comics style cover. And it's so good. So tasty, beautiful. <laughs> I love it. Because we're a couple of dinguses, we went out of order. We missed Marvel Superhero Adventure Spider-Man and the Stolen Vibranium number one. This is just a super cute story featuring Spider-Man and Black Panther versus Doc Ock over some stolen vibranium. You know, I, we often get asked, hey, what would be great for a younger reader, a kid? This series is going to be perfect uh, this book is by is written by Jim McCann, art by Dario Brizuela. Uh, there's actually two styles of art in the book. One is normal comic booky style, and then it's Spider-Man telling a story to a guy who's webbed up, and then his story is told in this super deformed, adorable chibi-esque type of of story, and it's really cute. My pick. This week is Star Wars Poe Dameron number 26. Hold on. We didn't do it properly. You know when it's scat time, we're getting to Tucker's yeah, pick of the week. That's some Figrin Dan action and the modal nodes. Uh, but this issue, of course, is written by Charles Soule with art by Angel and Zueta, colors by Arif Prianto, letters by Joe Caramagna. I've been looking forward to this issue for a really long time and for the story arc that comes with it. 
this tells the untold story of what happened to Poe Dameron during the events of The Force Awakens. It's a huge deal. And I was really surprised to see the issue starts after The Last Jedi. And it's Poe and Rey and Finn sitting aboard the Falcon talking about what's gone on with them. You forgot one person. BB-8's there. BB-8, of so, course, is someone, there. Don't be so anti-android. <laughs> yeah. You know, Tucker? Uh, Come on. Uh, so, boom, with issue 26 here, we're right at the end of where The Last Jedi picks up. It is such a great kind of refresher of where we are in the timeline. Poe just tells the story of what happened on Jakku, of what happened uh, after Los Anteca was killed at the beginning of The Force Awakens. It's all told in the wonderful kind of Poe voice uh, with Ray and Finn interjecting every now and then. To giving say, him some sass. Yeah, giving him some sass, saying, what is going on? Uh, how did you do that? Like, yeah, okay, you're apparently the best pilot in the galaxy, but maybe not. You crashed that TIE fighter on Jakku, so maybe. But uh, Phil Noto provides a gorgeous cover here. It is such a Star Wars kind of poster tone It, it to looks it. like it should be a, a Star Wars poster. Yeah, absolutely. Like, this is the poster to, like, the Poe Dameron solo movie. This is exactly what it would look like, and it's so good. You have members of Black Squadron in there. This is a great issue. Uh, it ties perfectly into what's going on in the movies. Uh, it captures these characters' voices so wonderfully well. Uh, it's my pick of the week. I loved it. Yeah. And we've got another pick of the week. This one is going to be Jamie's. It's Tales of Suspense number 104. So we're going to dive into more of this on This Week in Marvel later this week. But dang it. It's the end of the run. I don't like it. Holy it's the end of the run. moly. But yeah, holy moly is correct, Tucker. It's really tremendous. Uh, I don't want to get too deep into it before Jamie and I talk about it on This Week in Marvel. But man, Travel's art continues to amaze and delight, uh, whether he's drawing a bear, drawing ballerinas, drawing severed arms, drawing explosions. It's all good. And then you top that with Matt's wonderful dialogue. He's got such a knack for writing characters interacting with each other. You know, he could write a great character doing their thing, as we see with Black Widow and a lot of this. She's sort of trying to act on her own. But when you put Bucky and Clint together and Matt is writing that, it's it's just like fireworks yeah. across the page. Yeah. At one point, Clint, he's like boosting Bucky up through a hole in the wall. He's like, without your arm, you're really skinny. And you're also naturally greasy. <laughs> and it's just like the little jabs and little funny bits. I, I absolutely adore. Great cover. Tremendous. Tremendous stuff. I got to say, it's my favorite limited series. So good. Mm -hmm. Next is Venomize number three. It's written by Colin Bunn with art by Ivan Coelho. Colors by Matt Yaki and letters by Joe Caramagna. This continues more true insanity. I feel like this pretty much matches the insanity going on in Avengers No Surrender in a completely different way, obviously. But there's so much chaos. There's so much beautifully drawn action. It's really interesting the dynamics that are going on in this Venomized stories between the Venoms, the Poisons, the regular non-Venomized, non-Poisonized heroes, and a few really, really great heroes that we don't normally see show up in a big kind of crazy serious event story like this pop up. Some young heroes in particular I'm thinking of. I love to see uh, a story like this really reach out and touch all corners of the Marvel Universe. It is just such a fun, wild, sticky, venomy, great story. Like I said, it's total chaos. Yeah, uh, Devil Dinosaur, 
is Devil Dinosaur with a symbiote, so that's rad. And I like seeing Kid Kaiju and his Kaiju involved in this. It feels almost like R- Return of the King. It's like, battle, battle, battle. <sighs> Great. Here's a new faction. They yeah. come in. Oh, no, no. Battle, battle, battle. <laughs> Here comes a new faction. Battle, 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 battle. It's great. I'm having a lot of fun with it. Also, having a lot of fun with Weapon H number two out this week, written by Greg Pak, art by Corey Smith, colors by Maury Hollowell, letters by Joe Caramagna. And I was wondering when I was reading it, like, what's up with this Wendigo? He looks so different. And so Corey Smith got to draw a different Wendigo. And in this issue, we actually find out why the Wendigo looks so different. And it it makes a ton of sense. It opens up on Stephen Strange, who's like, I'm a magic man. (laughs) I know magic, but since the Empirical came and blah, 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 that's my Doctor Strange. (laughs) The Empirical have kind of messed up magic. And that may be why the Wendigo, having come back at this point, looks and acts a little bit differently. We actually find out a little bit more later on, and it's even, it's like more messed up than even that. Just the fact that there there's this like character based on cannibalism in Canada. You know, <laughs> the home of cannibalism, which is Canada. Uh, Canadabalism. Ooh, very good, Tucker. Uh, is great. Big shout out to Colorist Maury Hollowell because the blood really like pops off the page, whether it's Hulk's blood, which is green, or Wendigo blood, which is red. Uh, and there's teeth and claws and so much gore in this book. Uh, I mean, someone pops out of the inside of someone else <laughs> in this book. I say no more than that. It is gnarly. Uh, yeah, that's right. Weapon X is issue number 16 and it's written of course this is the third of a a triple dip of greg pock this week love the trip dip i'm trying to think of something a (laughs) pock lock triple dip a pock lock yeah like a pock lock a pock lock dinner (laughs) pock lock (laughs) gregomania Cockamania. Yeah, that's really good. This issue is co-written with Fred Van Lente, with art by Roland Bashi, with Andrea Sorrentino, colors by Frank D'Armeta, and letters by Joe Caramagna. This is the conclusion of a little, really, really great little two-issue story arc called Happy Birthday, Old Man Logan. We pick up right where we left off with a crazy, vicious throwdown between Sabretooth and Old Man Logan. Uh, and I, I love the the kind of kinship that I found between Weapon X and Weapon H as there's some crazy, crazy, bloody, gory action going on, but there's some real heart behind the action that's happening. And in this issue, we get a really, really fascinating flashback, flash forward, kind of both, uh, where we uh, get a different look at the relationship between Old Man Logan and Sabretooth and where we've seen them before, where they're headed. And uh, it just works so perfectly to contextualize this. Of course, the idea here is that Sabretooth visits Old Man Logan on every birthday of his to beat him up and try and kill him. It's, you know, just crazy, gory goodness. I mean, the cover pretty much spells it out for you, covered by Eric Kennedy, and it's just, it's wicked. Yeah, Sabretooth is so mean. I just want, and I'm going to put this in everybody's heads right now, next year, I want him to come for Logan's birthday, and instead of trying to kill him, he just sings, Happy birthday, (laughs) Mr. Logan, and like does a little seductive dance. You know, change it up a little bit. Come on, on, Vic. (laughs) You can do it. We believe in you. All right. 
last book of the week is X-Men Gold number 26. The book opens in Santo Marco, which is, uh, you know, it was recently in Weapon X, but it is historically super racist country in the Marvel Universe where they hate mutants. But here, it just seems so lovely. Mm. The X-Men are doing a little bit of a stakeout, enjoying some time in the plaza, walking around. It's sunny. Everything's great. Uh, they're just looking for Mesmero. I don't know why that's stuck in my craw. I was like, <laughs> man, I don't know. Santo Marco, I wanted to feel dingier, you know what I mean? Like feel gnarlier because of the history mm-hmm. of that place. Anyway, we're starting to get into wedding prep mode. Congratulations, Kitty and Peter. <laughs> they picked a date. I'm so excited. Uh, Nightcrawler is planning the bachelor party. Kitty and her mom had this really sweet chat. <sighs> it's all going well until it's not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I really enjoy Michelle Bandini's art here and uh, Arif Prianto's coloring, you know, sort of textured colors that give the art, this like tangible feel to them. There's just this very comfortable feel to the art. Very emotive eyes that uh, Bandini draws. I really dug that. It's a really cool way um, to emphasize what they do throughout the issue. Emphasizes a lot of what's in the foreground, the characters, uh, a little less on the background stuff. And it actually helps pop the things that you want your eye to be drawn to. It's a subtle thing, but it, it works exceptionally well. Uh, in addition to the aforementioned books this week, we got three great, one buckaroo, just one tiny little buckaroo, True Believers issues. We have True Believers Infinity Incoming number one, True Believers Rebirth of Thanos number one, and True Believers Venom versus Spider-Man number one. Buckaroo Banzai, yay or nay? Yeah. Have you Hang never on. seen the adventures? Buckaroo of- Banzai. Are you in our Slack thread where this was brought up today? No. Eric Goldman... LA editor uh-huh. of Marvel.com brought up Buckaroo Bonsai earlier this morning. Yeah. This is two Buckaroo Bonsai references I'm getting in one morning, and I've never heard of that name or word or whatever that is my eyes in my life before. Have exploded <laughs> out of my face because it is one of my favorites. It's an incredible movie. I I don't even know what's happening right now. Do you like Jeff Goldblum? Oh, come on. Well, then what's wrong with you? Do you like John Lithgow? Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Are you already I sold. Tell I, me no more. You will watch this yeah. and report back. I am on it. Okay. Uh, what you should also be on are our collections on sale this week. We've got Luke Cage, Volume 2, Caged, Phoenix Resurrection, The Return of Jean Grey. Remind me to get my copy of that back from Jamie, please. Oh, yeah. Punisher, The Platoon, which is the great Mac series I highly suggest if you are of age. Uh, Runaways by Rainbow Rowell, Volume 1, Find Your Way Home, which is tremendous. If you've been waiting for Runaways to hit trade, now's your week. Uh, Runaways, Volume 10, Rock Zombies, Spider-Gwen, Volume 5, Gwenum, and Thor by Walter Simonson, Volume 3, also highly suggested. On the Marvel app this week, we've got a couple of books, lots of stuff in there. Forceworks, a couple of issues of that from the 90s. I wish Ben Morse was here because he would be like flipping out because he loves him some Forceworks. Uh, on the digital collection side, a bunch of things as well as what you know we mentioned for the print collections. But uh, I would suggest checking out Avengers Academy Arcade Death Game. Uh, that's a good one uh, among all the others that are in there. On Marvel Unlimited, tons of books as always. There's a plethora of issues from the old school classic Defenders run. Looks like 
I don't know, about 15, 20 issues in here from the old Defenders, filling in some gaps and holes. It's cool. It's definitely a neat book to check out for a snapshot in time of Marvel Comics. I would also suggest check out Rocket Number 6, which was a cool heist book uh, that Al Ewing wrote. Uh, it had some neat art, and it was just, it's weird and British, uh, <laughs> very British, as Al is, you know what? He's just a British dude. And <laughs> He's going to write it very British. He uses TechNet. TechNet is one of the most weird British teams that we have. I love them. Uh, I say all that because I dig it. It's really great. Check that out. Tons more on Marvel Unlimited. You can get the list of all the stuff we've talked about in the news story on Marvel.com as well as our show notes. Check it all out. Reminder to check out This Week in Marvel later this week as we dig into a couple of the comics that were our picks. Oh, Tucker, I ain't going to be here next week. Oh, you're yeah, gonna, right. Yeah, you yeah. and Jamie are going to take on Marvel's The Pull List yeah. without me. Yeah. So best of luck. Hope you survived <laughs> the experience. Uh, we'll be back with more soon. This is Marvel. Your universe. <laughs>